listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. What's up? Hey, sorry to start early, but I hate how, like, if you don't start, it calls you, and then my screen's not right when it does that. I know. It happens to me, too. It's stupid. So, you, uh, how'd, how'd the first night of the tent meeting go? It went really great. It went really great. We had, uh, we had the tent set up. Um, it's, it's funny because the tent, the lot that it's on is like right across the street from the fire station. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so because it's so close to the fire station, you know, they always have like emergency messaging happening all the time, you know? Right. And it's like strong signals. So like the, uh, the uh the sound of that was like coming through the speakers you know when we were sound checking and everything getting everything set up <laughs> so they had to do like huge it's funny like look it looks like we're paranoid that like the government's gonna hear so like we have these we, we wrap the speakers on the back with like huge huge pieces of tin foil and like t- taped to like <laughs> block, to like block it out but it, it, it like blocks it out just enough that like it's all, it's pretty much inaudible to, to hear the stuff coming through. Oh, you're saying like it was picking it up on the wireless setting. Yeah, like we, it would come out on like the house speakers if we didn't tinfoil the speakers. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's like that strong of a, a signal. So, but it's been great. I mean, everybody here has been, um, as far as like working with the city, uh, has been awesome and then like last night after the service was over and we were handing out uh you know the feed the hungry boxes mm-hmm. uh the firemen came over from across the street and volunteered to hand the boxes out oh that's awesome yeah what ci- so it- what city is that in north carolina raleigh oh yeah yeah well that's that's great it's always great when you don't have lousy people to work with in the city yeah, for sure. And they've been very nice. That's great. So I I uh wasn't preaching yesterday. So I was dri- I did a decent amount of driving and I was listening to certain Sunday Sunday mornings mm-hmm. just on but bouncing around YouTube. It seems like you either have like how Kenneth Hagen always talks about being in one ditch or the other. Right? It's like speaking wise. You, people are in one ditch or the other. It's like you either have the people that are boring as all get out or like passionate but obnoxious. Yeah. Did I listen you... to somebody. I listen to someone. I won't tell you who, obviously, <clears throat> since it's a public call, but <laughs> they. Um... I'm, gl- I'm glad that you remember that this time. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> early in the morning, not late at night. Um, you literally could play their first 15 minutes as like a master class on what not to do when you get the mic. I was like, (laughs) I was like that one time when uncle Terry reached back and grabbed your leg in the car. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's what you said. 
I was yeah. reaching across, grabbing a dollar, you know, and I'm not even like in the service or anything, but I was cringing <laughs> like multiple times. Like it was, it was making me uncomfortable <laughs> watching on YouTube the stuff the person was saying. <laughs> what kind of stuff were they saying? If I give away too many details, it's going to reveal who I'm talking about. So I'll say, like, just attacking the crowd, like, for no reason. Oh, you man. know? It was, like, a nice crowd. And I don't mean nice attendance-wise. I mean, like, nice. They weren't against the speaker. Right. So then he, it was like, it was like someone said, like, I'll give you $10,000 if you can get someone to come up and punch you. <laughs> I just, it, it was like awful. And then like bragging insecure statements. It, you know, that's why it's very hard when we do those evangelism summits or whatever, or anything mm. for preachers. It's hard to communicate that stuff because what will happen is, you know, we'll make fun of like people that don't have any passion. So then a person that's like obnoxious, but has passions like, yeah, I'm not boring, but then they're worse. Yeah. You know, cause you actually would do a better job just giving like a Presbyterian noted delivery that had points mm -hmm. and like expounded out of the scriptures. Then you would just take in the, like 15 minutes to let everyone know you've traveled a lot. You have a lot of money, you know, yeah. your ministry is doing great things. You don't care what people think. Yeah, I know. I don't. So it's very hard. But then if you knock that stuff, then the person that has the passion of a feels like they're dumb to step out passionately. Someone has the passion of an older Joe Biden, then they think they're okay. Right. I don't know, it's like it's like you don't hear people very much that have like a blend of both that have like, you know, are good speakers and passionate, but they're not. You know, what, you know what the key is, I think, too. I like I posted this yesterday. I don't I don't know if you saw it. Um, that thing I posted about people being like overly passionate about like stuff they're talking about in life. Did you see me post that <laughs> about crushing breakfast and all that crushing a salad, smashing a shower? <laughs> It's right. Like, just take it easy, you weirdo. But like, um, that that's the key is that people are passionate about the wrong things, and then you know they're not passionate about like the important things, you know. So, I think if you like, if you were instructing somebody about it, obviously you want to be passionate about, you know, the right things that you're preaching on, and if you do it. I think I think one of the things I, I'm glad I can see this now, but like I feel like one thing that the crowd, the people that you're ministering to can pick up, pick up quickly is that you love them. Exactly. And if, if yeah, you, you, you know what you just said that like what when Paul said the thing about if I like if I have not love, I'm like sounding brass and I think like, well, that was the guy I was listening to yesterday that it's it's true. It's like your words your words, they just, they're like annoying. Like two people could say the same thing. And if one has love for the people, yep. it comes out nice. And then if, if another one doesn't, it comes out like very irritating. Irritating. And, and, you know, I think 
you know, as cliche as it is, because I'm sure it's been said a lot of times, but it really is true, like, about the fact of, uh, you know, pe- people don't remember what you said. They, they remember how you made them feel. Right. And, like, when you, if you've ever, like, you know, I'll tell you a good example of that is when people, like, leave a, a service, and you, they may not remember, like, the whole message, the, but they'll come and be like, man, that service was powerful. Like, oh, what, what did he preach on? I was like, I, I, I can't remember exactly, but, man, it was, like, a powerful service. Like, well, you, you right. felt the anointing on what was going on. And even if you didn't take good notes, you felt the anointing on what was going on. You could, you, you, you know, you felt the power of God. And uh, I think that that's like a major thing is like, um, you know, if, if people can sense and they're, and people are excellent at this. I mean, they're excellent at it. Sensing whether or not you love them, you care about them. And uh, right. you can, people can spot disingenuous speakers and leaders a mile away a mile away and i think that's why regular people regular people can christians can you don't think i think christians oh not only can they not spot them i think they enjoy they enjoy them for some reason somebody that's like pretty phony maybe that's because there are a lot of uh I don't know. Maybe it's because there are Christians who like they don't want the service to be genuine because they're personally dealing with stuff or something. They they want to play the game of church. Yeah, but I I mean I know you must know what I'm talking about because oh yeah, all those like all those like disingenuous speakers that everybody's like mm, and they're like yeah, that alliteration it, exactly. guy. Exactly. Exactly. And you're like the only one sitting in the crowd. Like, how can people? What is going on? full of crap yeah no exactly but i think you're exactly right i um uh, i i like um i kind of you know once i've noticed that i think that that's such a important thing because you know i remember you joked about it too one of the things that people do which you know is a mistake is like you know coming into the pulpit treating every service like it's a crusade like you're not, you know, there's like, <laughs> if you're in a service where there's like, you know, 98 people in the sanctuary and you come in like, shout hallelujah, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, like you have mental problems. I, um, <laughs> that was, that's one thing pe- being exposed to Pastor Rodney's ministry helped me with is like communicating w- with the crowd as people. And I, mm-hmm. I think one thing I did when I was starting out that's different from now is I treated the crowd like an enemy, like they needed broken through. They were like a bunch of religious people that are holding back revival from a region where now right. you realize like if they're there, yeah, obviously there are some people that wander in and need verbally smacked and yeah. some physically smacked. But <laughs> the majority, you know, there are people that worked all day. And then decided to come to church. So they're not, right. they're not like bad people. So like, I, I, I don't know why I used to treat them like I needed to like break them down. And, you know, now I, I don't really do that. I, it's like, these are great people. I almost feel like there's like, like it's 200 people sitting in my living room that came to see me on my birthday, you know, that like me. Yeah. So I, I talked to them like that. I'll tell you one of the things that uh, I think is very important is like, you know, and I know pastors feel differently 
but like um because you know if like let's say for example you held a a, a revival with a pastor that's like a, a a full week revival you know like sunday through friday mm-hmm. if there's you know most people are, are like amazed that there are still pastors that do that but you know they're you're with that pastor well obviously the, the feeling of that pastor is like you know we want there to be a good crowd in the building for the for the meeting and you know sometimes they can feel like pastors can feel like embarrassed like if the crowd is down like their people aren't responding to the revival or whatever but like when you come out <laughs> you know not not that we don't want there to be a large crowd but like when you come out on like a tuesday night and you've got like you know, a hundred or 150 people in the building. It's like, it's, it's a Tuesday night in a rural town. You know, it's like, um, and then I tell the people like, I, yeah, I thank d- God during, for you. during COVID. So it's like, yeah, yeah. There, there's 150 people here, but this is probably the third or fourth largest gathering on planet earth right now. <laughs> right. I always tell, I've been telling them like, I think, you know, even like, you know, pastors, a lot, sometimes pastors will make comments like, Man, I don't know. I don't know where the people are at. They must be like, you know, it's like that kind of thing. It's like when I get the mic, it's like, I thank God for you, you know, because like you could literally have been anywhere else tonight. No, you, you preach to who's there, not who's not. Really? I, I'll tell you, the worst is if they say something from the platform, like, I mean, you know, it's not about the number of people that are here. It's about right performing for an audience of one or whatever. Yeah. It's like I hate anything that kind of like seals it as a failure. Right. I'm preaching for the applause of nail scarred hands. Well, I don't know where everyone is tonight, but we're thankfully like, like why mention it? Why not just yeah, like, that's right. Why mention it? And then it's like, it like diminishes the people that are there. It does, you know? Yeah. It, it, it puts a thing where like, you know, it's, you might as well just say, well, this meeting's been a failure. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, you're telling people without telling them, don't bother coming back. Here's a here's a friend I made on uh, on this app. I think I think he was doing a investing show, and I really liked it. Rashad. Okay. Good morning, Jonathan and Ted. Looks like you guys are probably brothers or father and son. I'm not sure because I see the junior. Not even sure if you're taking messages. But Jonathan came into my show the other day, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. It was very kind. Said he was enjoying it. So I'm doing the same. Coming to check you out. Um, I'm not a very religious person, but I'm gonna listen. Um, religion, Bible, Jesus. Um, if I was to ever do a religious show, not to be controversial or anything, I would probably say religion. Islam, Muhammad, but that's probably why I'm not into religion because I really feel like it divides a lot of us. But hey, to each his own. You know what I mean? I'm out to listen. But uh, yeah, to me, religions are like the oldest gangs. I know we all need to believe in something, a higher being. We all need like a code of conduct and how to, you know, address the world accordingly. But <clears throat> you know, that's just me. Maybe I'll evolve into something better. Well, thanks for popping in, Rashad. I uh, subscribe to I'm your show because I, I like the, uh, the. He does a great financial show. I appreciate you you popping in. We are father and son. Ted's <laughs> made me a, Ted's made me a proud old man. <laughs> Glad to see my family name won't die out. Here's Ron. Hey, John and Teddy. Good morning. Um, I'm listening to your about your preachers that you guys listen to. What's worse about not having passion is that people are more excited off the platform than they are on the platform. I'll tell you another thing, too, on the subject, Ted. Yeah. I, I hate 
carnal passion. You know, it's like yeah, the the passion should flow from your spirit in church, right? Uh, it's not the opening of of the American Idol grand finale. Like, Get up on your feet, everybody! It's <laughs> clap those You know, it's like right. I'm not a, I'm not at like a Vegas cabaret, right? So yeah, I know what you I, mean. I, there are a lot of churches now that you wouldn't describe them as boring. They're very high energy. They have joy. They're like happy, but there's not an ounce of like spirituality, you know? No. And here's the thing. It's like when it feels like a glorified youth group, when, when people do like, don't hype me for like the sake of hyping me. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you failed if we're not all screaming our voices out by the time you're done with announcements. It's like, chill out. Because, I feel because like we're like, like in, we're like in between fights in Vegas. Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, I don't. <laughs> I like it when when it's hype for the right reason. Like, you know, if 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 there's something happening, but I'm like, dude, it's, don't like, how, you know, it's Sunday. How many are glad it's Sunday? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what the heck, dude? Yeah, it's like, what do you, you know? What, I, Excuse me, associate pastor. What do you do first thing when you wake up? Just bump a couple lines of crystal meth off a biker's switchblade? Why not just right. like, rip your shirt off mid-talking? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Sunday! How many of you I want are everybody... excited for Sunday? Uh, I am, but obviously not as much, much as you. Not as much as you, you mental case. Hey, everybody stretch your hands towards the associate pastor. He's been possessed by the spirit of Randy Macho Man Savage. <laughs> yeah, it's Sunday. He has a mic in one hand and a swim gym in the other. <laughs> should, should, almost, with, those, with those like neon sl slatted glasses. I almost spit my coffee out on that. <laughs> what are you drink what are you drinking oh i order that porch culture from tyler texas that they get from around the world and they roast it there oh that's so today nice. today's a really good one it's like a uh it's like you know they always do those ones where they have them like they grow them next to stuff so this one's like a um a, a molasses graham cracker chocolate fudge it's called crowd pleaser but it's from honduras rwanda and guatemala and, and what's the name of the coffee company porch culture if I, ever got great. Start, if I ever start a church that's what i'm gonna name it <laughs> everybody just has to meet out on the porch we don't actually go in the sanctuary <laughs> we meet at someone else's house without permission <laughs> um we're calling it breaking and entering christian center <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what what i did that i'm very proud of myself uh as of yesterday did you have you ever seen how much sugars in like iced coffee or like a? Absolutely, uh, I have. Especially oh my now that lord! I want to eat a lot. I mean, you know, like I like to go into Dutch Brothers, right? Mm -hmm. When I was in Arizona or California, it's eighty. The uh, what? What's the drink I used to get? It's a uh, Golden Eagle, it has caramel and stuff. It's yep. eighty-six grams of sugar for a large, and I would have like three a day. Do you know one large? That's like three days worth for an adult male of sugar. Oh, 86 grams? Yeah, because you're supposed yeah, to have, supposed to have 30 like 30 grams a day. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, I mean, well, in a way, you're, you can you can have 30, but it's not like your body needs it, right? No, it, do, it doesn't need it. 
You don't in need fact, any I mean, like that's the major thing. Did you listen to that Joe Rogan episode where, where he he's had her on like three times, but her name's Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Have you listened oh, to I've those? Li- I've listened to her. Yeah. I bought some of the stuff that she said to buy. Yes. Did you buy, did you see that thing that she said was in red wine that she said is like the best supplement you could ever take? That's what I bought that she recommended. Resveratrol. Yeah. Resveratrol. Um, she is a long life specialist for those that are listening. And she said, basically, and this is the thing that blew my mind. She said that like, I'll tell, tell you who's not a long life specialist, Oswald Chambers. Continue. Very true. Jack Coe. Um, anyway, the, um, thing she said that was mind blowing to me, which started getting me thinking different ways was, uh, like over 50% of people that are in hospital care today are there for metabolic syndrome which is all fixable by diet. Dang. So me- metabolic syndrome makes up like type 2 diabetes, uh, high triglycerides, high blood pressure. Um, you know, those all there's like six things that make up metabolic syndrome. And uh, she said all of those people would not have to be in the hospital if they would just correct their diet because it's all it's all fixable. No, I was thinking with sugar like as Pentecostals, you know, you always went after cigarette smokers and curse mm-hmm. the taste of nicotine off your lip and tongue, which you yep, should. You need to but, curse the taste of sugar. Yeah, you pretty much should take the same stance on sugar. Not pretty much. You should take a harder stance. I've been doing yeah. it on my broadcasts. So I did, you know, I would just do a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee, cream, and sugar. I never altered it. And then when I, once I read that, I actually started to realize it wasn't coffee that I love so much as, as sugar, but I knocked oh, yeah. it down. To, I knocked it down to two, two pumps from four, but I was still, you know, I'd have three iced coffees a day. So at Dunkin' Donuts, a regular coffee is 38 grams of sugar. If you don't, if you just get, if you just say like, I'll have a large coffee with cream and sugar. Yeah. And then I would have three a day. Probably I'd have one in the morning, right. one in the afternoon, one at night. So, yep. What's that? I'm up, I'm up at like 140, 150 grams in there. So yeah. I, cu- I cut back to two per drink, which is better, but I'm still at 70 some way too much. Then I cut down yeah. to one on this, on this triple on. And then as of yesterday, I'm at zero. We're actually, I started to not like the sweetness. It's weird. Yep. Like, like it, it took about nine days where mm-hmm. I don't want I it's not like I, I can like power through a coffee and I wish there was sugar in it. You know, I don't right. have monk fruit in it anything. I I got a cold brew today with just cream and it's it tastes fine. And if you did a pump of sugar, I I I, I probably wouldn't want it. I'll tell you what you should do. Like it's it's not wrong to have the sweet taste. Uh I switched this like a couple of years ago is you know, either monk fruit but I I use stevia. Because like it has a zero. If you look at the um, there's 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 not just a. Well, I mean you've seen the glycemic index, yeah. But there's also like an insulin index that shows like how much each food releases insulin into your body, which is the main problem for everyone in America. Is like, oh. yeah, that's the main problem. Is that like you people are like making their pancreas work so hard that their insulin. You know, like insulin is the thing, like insulin res- release. And then what ends up happening to like almost everyone, which is why we're teetering on like half of the population having type two diabetes is because 
your blood cells just stop. Uh, they start resisting the insulin because it's like they've, it's like an overload. So, um, if you can control, that's why keto is, is such, it's like the best diet you can be on. And it's like, uh, intermittent fasting mixed with keto because what it does is, is it, uh, it eliminates all of the insulin release throughout the day. So if you do the eating window and then you do keto as well, you're not only going to limit the insulin release, uh, amounts and, and times, it's also going to um, change the amount of re- insulin that's released into your body. So like by eating the keto diet, like you're not eating refined carbohydrates or sugar. So you like, you cut your insulin release like way, way down. And then like, are you, uh, are you able to do keto on the road? Absolutely. You can, absolutely. you can do it, huh? I've, I've been doing it. I, I, man, that's, that's commendable. Cause that's not, I can see doing it at home, but without, Short of traveling with a personal chef, I don't know how you could do it on the road. You just make the choices in the restaurants. And then the other thing you do is you go to Walmart, wherever you are, and you buy stuff for your hotel room. Like, I'll tell you, because the key, the key is knowing that, like, sugar is the the enemy of America. I mean, there's no question. Like, I just listened to this lady. She's an investigative journalist. And uh, she did this study. She read like thousands and thousands and thousands of reports from like the medical journals. And uh, she did an investigative report on like if you looked at the obesity graph over the last like century, America was pretty thin, like all the way up to like 1977, 78. Oh, yeah. Like when you look, I was looking at an old photo from the early 1970s of like uh, some. It was, I think it was in New Jersey of like the beach in, in June of 1972. It's like, it looks like a bunch of fitness models. There's like yep. not one heavy person. Then That's right. Then you look at a pic, you look at a picture from today. Everyone's in a scooter. That's right. And, and if you were to look like, I'll give you a good example that she referenced. Cause I mean, remember, remember the first star Wars came out in 1977. Mm-hmm. And she said, if you look at any of the pictures of people lined up to see Star Wars around the country, everyone in line is thin, even the kids. Mm-hmm. And she said, now, like, obviously, obesity is massive. And, like, we have ha- we have something we've never had, which is childhood obesity, you know? Right. And so she was, she wanted to do this investigative report on why at 1980 – Obesity, if you look at the graph from 1980 on, spikes hard, like very hard. And it's because there was this guy named Ansel Keys who had this hypothesis uh, that the re- that the reason people men were starting to have like more heart attacks and stuff and like started started dying was because people's cholesterol was too high. And and so right. he came up with he came up with this hypothesis that. Uh, we have to like lower our cholesterol and lower uh, our body, like the the fat we intake. So he yes. he made he demonized fat. So like that that's when all the low fat stuff came out. And well, his studies were were paid for by the sugar industry. Do you know that? No, no, no. He, and, and he he had, but here's the thing that she referenced. He had no. He had no evidence. So like what he, what he did, this was a very, very interesting thing to me. 
he did epidemiological studies versus clinical studies. So like the difference would be this, like all epi epidemiological studies do is they find comparisons between things. And then that's all they're supposed to do is give you something to then study. So like, if you were to say like, um, I studied, uh, 200 marriages that ended in divorce in Maine and 180 of them, the people use margarine in their daily diet. Well, then right. it's like not, basically not what he did. Yeah, he did that. He was like, well, that means margarine leads to, to divorce. Like that's what he did with <laughs> cholesterol is right. like he, he, he studied all those people and then just assumed without doing clinical studies. So like she was blown away because she said he's one of the most cited guys on all these reports and had no clinical proof but he was like a real demonstrative guy and got people to like believe his his theory and he ended up getting on like two different boards for america the, the associations that like do the dietary uh protocols right so that that's when you know and then like what happens is when when the u.s makes a new like health uh guideline they they demand like companies they'll, they'll say like we want 3500 products on the shelves in the next 2 years that are like low fat right well you know from there because what happens is like when you take out the flavor flavoring in a food of fat you have to pump it full of sugar to make it tasty again right so that's what they did and all the low fat foods were really high in sugar and then that's when like all this stuff with metabolic syndrome started hardcore and obesity and sugar has been, they say like sugar's like cancer food. Yes. It feeds I, cancer cells. I know. And I, when I went to Texas for that, where you just were in Rowlett, I, when I, when I went there, you know, they have such good food in, in Texas. I, I went up to like 186 pounds, which was the most I'd ever weighed. So, but unlike normal, I, I could take weight off very easy. I mean, very easy. I, I could lose like eight pounds in a week by just eating less, like a little less. So yep. I couldn't get back below 180. And I was like kind of looking like, like a pregnant lesbian, which I don't like <laughs> that, that body type on me. Nothing against the LGBTQIA plus <laughs> community. But um, anyway, I, I just I realized. It's funny, you know, because it, it's deceptive because I guarantee you if you ask people, like if you would asked me back in March or before, do you eat a lot of sugar? Well, like I normally don't order dessert and I don't eat ice right. cream at home. So I would I'd You'd like, no, say I no. Yeah, I don't eat a lot of sugar. Then, you know, and then in, in reality, I'm, I'm consuming like the same amount of sugar as B.B. King just in right. coffee. Right. And then I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, I have a theory, which I haven't been able to obviously study it or prove it but i feel like i i would bet the average person who starts working out puts on weight and i don't mean like good muscle weight i mean like because you haven't worked out for 30 minutes you feel like you can kind of like eat yep. now mm -hmm. and then not to mention juice bars and um like smoothie king terrible like my my heart goes out to people that or like, you know what? I'm not going to go to Burger King. I'm going to do something healthy. I'll go to Smoothie King. And then yep. <laughs> those Smoothie King drinks, the one I Ridiculous. used to order when I started working out had 119 grams of sugar. Yep. It's crazy. 
It's absolutely I mean, I mean, insane. You're like, look, I'm lucky I have like vision in both eyes after drinking those things. You know, and that, so that's like, why, like, you know, they tell you that that's the other thing that's even worse about like the coffees and the smoothies and the energy drinks is that, you know, they say you should never, never drink your sugar ever. Like if you're at least if you're going to get it from something, get you know, it from get fruit it, that you eat. Yeah. And you really shouldn't even eat fruit like the, the fructose is one of the most it's a killer. And like unless you unless you have fiber, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, that's, compl- that's, obviously it, complex carbs are better. It, it, isn't that why it's okay to eat the fruit, though? Because fruit, if you eat it, has fiber, and the fiber balances out the, the sugar you're intaking? That, that's the lie, but, like, it doesn't have enough fiber to balance it all out. So, like, eat a banana. It's, like, all sugar. Eat yeah, so you even, like, my heart even goes out to people that, like, juice. You know, because you oh, think you're doing something healthy and you're, you're, you're not in any way doing something healthy. Yep, that's exactly right. And um, let me tri- take this fruit and strip the fiber out of it. That that's would, right. Would have been really balanced and then you know what they do on top sugar. of that? Then then on top of that, they'll add like a little bit of sugar and they'll add some yogurt, which is full of sugar. And, you know, they, you know, it's all it's all it's a sugar drink. And, and the other thing is, like, referencing the thing you mentioned earlier about people working out, have you ever heard the t- uh, the phrase, abs aren't made in the gym, they're made in the kitchen? Yeah, I heard, yeah, a- abs start in the kitchen. I did, I did hear that. Yeah, so and that's why, because everything is dietary. Everything is. Like, working out is pointless. Like, here, here's the other thing. And I, and I obviously, no, I will, I will say that as, like, an objective statement. Working out is pointless if you don't also have like a dietary plan. Yeah, my my trainer said that, and she she said um, her line is you can't out train bad nutrition, which I thought that's was exactly nice. right. There, that is so true, and I, I mean nobody understands that. Like nobody does, and that's why, like you said, you've got people that are going to the gym. Like I need some energy. I'm gonna bang a Red Bull out before I get into the gym because those are the people that talk like that. The people that are like hardcore at the gym all the time. I'm going to smash a Red Bull before I hit the trip. It's like, you're just, you might as well not go. Right. Yeah, the Red Bull. And, and, and man, when you read, like, how long you have to be on a treadmill to to burn whatever you, you, you took in that's bad, it's like. It's terrible. You'll, you know, I'm you'll never. A, I'm going to have a bag of Cheetos. And then to counteract that, I'll have to go on the treadmill for four and a half hours. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's a, it's a massive lie. And so you can absolutely do it on the road. I mean, you can absolutely do it on the road. Like, you know, I went to Outback yesterday. And like, you know, right. when I was at Out, Outback, because it's like, what's close? Um, you know, I had them bring me like a big Cobb salad, you know, with romaine, hard-boiled egg, bacon, and a, like five ounces of salmon on it with Caesar dressing. And that, that all of those things you can have. And man, I'll, you know, you're full after that, you know? And and fat actually fills you more than than carbs do, and keeps you yeah. full longer. No, I never fat. I don't. I think anything that's like, well, I shouldn't say that, but like fat and salt and the stuff they try to get you to cut down. I just, not to sound like a conspiratorial, but I heard I heard Rodney Howard Brown throw something out one time when he was speaking. He said the Food and Drug Administration, the organization that's in charge of putting things in the food to get you on drugs. And that resonated when he said it. And then now I can see it clearly. 
You know, it's like yeah. everybody having this high regard for the CDC and the FDA. It's crazy. Like, they, why do you respect organizations that approved Coca-Cola? Right. Or, I mean, any number of things you want to list off that are just like terrible things. Yeah, they are. Well, you th- think about um, think about this, like that that Doctor uh, Rhonda Patrick said to Joe Rogan. Why is it that like you've got fifty percent of the people in hospitals battling metabolic syndrome, but like their first answer for those people is to put them on some sort of drugs instead of like correcting their diet harshly? Exactly, exactly. Or like like they said during COVID, you know. Now that we realize most people got COVID at home and be, and they were vitamin D deficient and obesity was a, um, the number one contributing factor to people that had a hard time with COVID or died from it rather than shook it off. Why wouldn't you have mandated people go to the gym or right. mandate people spend at least one hour outside, you know, as opposed to yep. like not allowing people to work out or go outside? Oh, because because you can't make money off sunshine and exercise. No, you cannot. Here's no, and, oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. All right. You know, I'm going to skip Scott because it's a different direction. Here's some more recent ones. In my opinion, I've always loved it when preachers preach to the one like they preach to the crowd because you just never know if that one that's really getting a hold of what's being said is going to be the next world changer, the next Reinhard Bonnke, you know? So I've always appreciated it because I know I'm hungry. Well said. Here's Mel. I think people really need to pay attention to how much sugar is in packaged foods because there's a huge amount in a lot of stuff and I don't think people pay attention to that. So it's not always just, um, you know, natural sugar, but it's our packaged foods are loaded with things that our bodies do not need. Well, here, here's what I would say to her. No one should be eating packaged foods. They're that, terrible. That is one of the things they tell you, like along with Shop sugar, the perimeter of the grocery store. Yeah. And don't eat any boxed foods. Or, it's or, terrible. I mean, like or very like terrible that are in a cylinder or whatever. Let me tell you another thing. It's not that much more expensive to buy real food. People always like make it out like you have to be like a, a millionaire to eat like that all the time. You don't. You don't have to be like that. You know, you, you can. I mean, there's guys on YouTube that do like Walmart runs for like I saw a guy that did like a keto Walmart run for a month of eating for a hundred dollars. So, like, you know, you don't have to be a millionaire to buy, like, organic, real, whole foods. You know? Yes. It's, it's like, just make smart decisions. And, like, it's just that pe- most of the people, like, I know I never did. I wasn't ever, like, thinking about, like, how can I buy, you know, good foods for my body? Like, you don't think like that unless you're, like, trained to think like that by either a crisis that you had to face in life because of bad decisions or you want to be preemptive in your, uh, in your decision-making. Which I know I, is the, the, the factor for, for me and you is the preemptive thing. I, right. I just, like, what, you know, 186 isn't too high for six foot one. But I just knew, like, 186 will quickly turn to 194, which will quickly turn to 203. Mm-hmm. And rather than wait till I'm, like, 228 and need to, you know, and I'm not built like you. Like, you've got, like, what size suit do you take? 44 long. See, 
I'm I'm a 38, and I I just went to 40 after after uh, go, going to the gym. But I mean, you know, that's a narrow. I have a much narrower frame, so 215 pounds on me is going to look very bad. Like it'd be bad, and carrying carrying weight around your fat around your gut is bad. That's the worst. So like I will tell you, the very bit like that BMI, like BMI is all right. But the very best measurement you can do for your body is your waist to height ratio, because that tells you the most you need. Yeah, that's the very best, because that tells you, like, if you're in danger of like all those things, because the thing that puts you in the highest amount of danger for all those things is storing belly fat around the midsection. Wow. That's the biggest risk factor that there is. So they tell you to do a they have calculators where you can do. Uh, your waist to height and then there's a graph that tells you if like you're in extreme danger territory the yellow that's the red the yellow says like you're in a you're in a thing where you need to take action now and then there's like the green which means you're you're in like a good healthy place and then there's a brown which is like you need to put weight on because you're like you're like underweight so if you if you'll just i would say two things for people because here's the other thing have you heard this term that you can be skinny fat yes so uh, a, that's, a doctor, that, that's, a, where I, that's where I was headed. Slash yeah, so, was. so there, there's a professor at a university that did this study on nutrition for his students. And he did this thing where he was like, for a month, I'm going to stay under my caloric deficit, but I'm going to only eat like Twinkies, little Debbie cakes and all that. But like, make sure the calories are under my daily in- intake, you know, um, and, and he, he lost weight for the whole month. Eat, eating all that because he stayed under his calories but of course his body was like extremely unhealthy because obviously you know so the two things that i would say so, so that you don't trick yourself into being skinny fat is to do the waist to height ratio but then also just buy one of those cheap like uh like diabetic uh machines i do this at home like where you prick your finger like every three days and on a fasted stomach and then check uh work check where your glucose level is in your blood because if you're if your glucose is down and you're staying with the weight waist to height ratio you're like in really good shape correct and and what you brought up is important because i feel a large percentage of the population when you start talking about diet and being healthy they just hear skinny and weight loss and you can right. You know, being skinny is not being healthy. Being skinny nope. can be unhealthy. Yeah. You know, if you lose a bunch of weight as a woman, like in your 40s, and you're losing like bone bone mass, you know, there's a lot of like thin women in their 50s. They have like osteoporosis. It's just different problems. Health yeah. is not thin. Health no. is fit. Strength That's right. and, and muscle and body mobility. That's what matters. Not just trying to like, look like uh, Nicole Richie from 2003. So when I started really like going after, like I was going, all right, what are the, I started re- doing all this research where I was like, I want to really find out like, what are the keys to like longevity, like have health. Like when I, when I looked at it, it was like pretty mind blowing because it's like stuff you always hear like the basics. So it's like, if you just had to do like four or five things only for your whole life to like keep yourself in a good place. It's like cut sugar out of your diet. Number one, 
make sure. No fast food. Well, I mean, if you'll just cut sugar out of your diet, you know, you, you're you're doing you're doing like pretty much almost every because like if you go to a fast food restaurant, there's almost nothing you can eat if you can't eat sugar. You could eat a burger patty, and that's about it. Can't have fries. Well, they have, can't the, have there's sh- there's sugar in the bread. Oh, oh, bread's like one of the biggest proponents of sugar in your body. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't been oh. eating it just because I pasta I, from the car. The carb standpoint, I know it was a sugar problem. No, no. Carbs are sugar. Oh, I see. So, like, here's the problem. Car- simple carbs like bread, they turn directly into full sugar in your body. Like, with nothing stopping them at all. So, like, if you if you ate two... I heard a doctor say this. Your body doesn't know the difference, but if whether, you, like, your, your uh, metabolic makeup it doesn't know the difference whether you eat three slices of white bread or drink a can of Coke. Dang. So like, here's the thing. That sucks. Look, look, look at a piece of bread, right? Um, like I'll tell you right now, this will blow your mind. So if I, if I looked at, um, if I looked at just like a slight slice of white bread, okay, bread, let's just say what, you know, white bread or whatever. One slice of white bread, okay? It has 0.8 grams of fat. It has 1.9 grams of protein. It has 12.7 carbs in one slice of white bread with only 0.6 grams of fiber. So that means that 12 grams of uh, of bread are going into your system and it's going to turn instantly into, you know, basically 12 grams of sugar. Oh, man. That's one slice of bread. So the thing that's killing everyone is that they eat a high carb diet in America. Everything, sure. car- everything's full of carbs and fries, so, bread, everything, pasta, bread, fr- potatoes, rice. They say like, you know, you stay away from the white things, stay away from rice, stay away from pasta, stay no, away from bread. That's, that's like critical race theory, getting into diet. <laughs> that's true. But like, if you think about that, okay, so the, the thing that's happening to everyone is that they're way, way overloading. So when you're doing that, like every time you eat those simple carbs like that, and there's no fiber to stop them, they're just slamming your blood, slamming your pancreas every time you, you do it. And then the other thing that's really, you know, look at farmers, right? So farmers worked hard all day outside. And they like needed the carbs to like do the work. Plus they're out in the sunshine and all that. But like, remember they got up when the sun came up, but they went to bed when the sun went down, you know, it was like 6 PM with the, with the industrial revolution with like electricity, you know, we've, we've extended our, we've extended our, our days like infinitely. So, you know, Taco Bell made the best, uh, phrase to understand it the fourth meal well like the only reason that we need a fourth meal is because we're up longer hours than we ever have been in history right so what ends up happening is people slam their insulin all day long in their body because they never stop eating they eat all day long and every time you eat your insulin releases and then it keeps slamming your blood cells until by the time you're you know 40 they can't take it anymore and you become pre-diabetic and then shortly after become diabetic interesting 
So that's yeah. why. Yeah, go. You have play plan a comment. Yeah, here's summer. Stevia is the only alkaline sugar, as far as I know, and and you're, having your body alkaline is very important and not highly acidic. Here is Natalia. Hey guys, speaking of sugar, did you know that there's sugar even in spaghetti sauce? And recently I just read that there is even traces of added sugar in Morton's salt. It's wild. There's sugar almost in everything because sugar is so highly addictive. It's very true. And I'll tell you, yes, I mean, obviously tomatoes, you can't even have tomatoes on the keto diet because they're full of sugar. So like tomato sauce, I mean, it's like full of sugar. And it's, and it's added. And then there's people that add sugar to their tomato sauce because they like sweet tomato sauce. Ew. So, like, it's it's insane. And then you eat it on, over a bed of pasta, which is all sugar. <laughs> it, you know, so it's like, it's insane. You wonder why all um, those guys in The Godfather look like the way they did. That's why. <laughs> Except David Fagoda. Yeah, yeah, Here's Johnny exactly. now. There's an amazing revisionist history podcast on this with Malcolm Gladwell. That guy did a double blind study in nursing homes and gave people real butter and then fake butter for 30 years. And they buried the data because after 10 years, the fat was way healthier. The other, the other, the other reason they, they probably buried the data was because that was very illegal what that guy did because you're not allowed, <laughs> you're not allowed to do to run a kind study of, where people don't know they're being studied. Not only that, you can't run them in any kind of, uh, you can't run them in hospitals, you can't run them in nursing homes, anywhere where people are under care, you can't run studies. <laughs> Here's Brian Wright, John and Ted ruined and seeker friendly church. Donut campaigns are worldwide. Here's Eric. I think one of my favorite things is I'll take a Big Mac with a large fry. <laughs> I've done this. Uh, three apple pies and a Diet Coke. I've done it. I've done Here's it. Je Here's Jennifer. Jonathan, after listening to you yesterday, I ordered double vegetables instead of french fries. <laughs> I don't know what I even said yesterday. I don't think that I broadcast yesterday. I don't think so. You must have heard something. Old. I've been doing that. I've been going, you know, I'm not doing keto, but I'd be open to doing keto if someone could just prepare the meals for me. But I, uh, I've been ordering like meat, which don't you think that's bull crap? What's with the campaign about like staying off red meat? What, what could that be? What's bad about that? Well, I mean, an excess of red meat can cause some different things. It can cause a uric acid. That's how people get gout. You know, there's like a, uh, an abundance of uric acid buildup in your body. Um, you know, there's some carcinogens in, in red meat. I mean, you can overeat on red meat for sure. You know, so, I mean, <clears throat> you, you, some of the best meats to eat are obviously like fatty fish, like salmon, tuna, uh, obviously chicken. And uh, if you can get free range chicken that's non GMO and has no steroids and all that, because um, uh, apparently it's not natural for a chicken to be like 130 pounds before they butcher it. Um, <laughs> UPC chickens. Yeah, turkey, you know, that kind of stuff. Lean meats. But like I eat red meats like on keto because, you know, certain things. It, it, you know, like, it's like rib ribeye. You get a ton of fat without going over yep. your protein. 
yeah, you, but you have to, uh, you got to eat a, a moderate amount of it because that can go over your protein really fast. Salmon's great. Um, ground beef, like 80-20 chuck is like really good for you on that. See, here's what people don't get. It's not about just like eating the thing. It's when you combine the things. Like if you're eating, <laughs> you don't want to combine like fat and carbs at the same time. This is where they, this is where they, uh, where they really, people don't understand it. It's like, there's nothing wrong with eating fat. Like fat's good for you. I mean, just think of it this way. There, there's a term, essential protein, essential fat, but there's no such thing as an essential carb. Hmm. Interesting. Because your body needs protein and your body needs fat, but your body doesn't need carbs in that same way. And if you eat the right things like fibrous, you'll get carbs in a complex form, you know, right. but you won't, you know, there until the industrial revolution, there was no such thing as like simple carbs. You know, nobody, if people were chewing on a piece of sugar cane, you know, they, they weren't eating bleached white refined sugar. Right. You know what I mean? Like that stuff doesn't exist in nature. That's that's why there's a term that the only obese things there are in nature are are, are humans and the animals humans feed. Wow, I've never heard that. Look at people's dogs needing insulin. Yeah, and you don't see them like that in the wild. There there are no obese animals in the wild like that because you know it doesn't exist until we fabricated it. Here's Camille. Good morning, guys. I just wanted to say I think it's so great that you're talking about this because last week uh, I was talking with one of my friends and she was going off on this big rant because of all of the like just sugar that her kids got at VBS as snacks, you know, and she was saying that it's like the this huge lie in the church about, um, you know, sugar and unhealthy eating and that it's just such a big part of the culture is, you know, all the get togethers with the food and stuff like that. But yeah, specifically she was talking about VBS and the snacks and it was just all like cookies and cupcakes and Rice Krispie treats and stuff like that. And I was thinking, you know, I had never heard a preacher ever talk about um, healthy eating before. So I think it's great. You guys are talking about this. Thanks. Well, let, you know let me say one of the tricks in life with the diet stuff is to be strict with your own diet without being a douchebag. Very hard. Because, yeah, that's that's actually worse than being obese, is to be somebody who eats really well, and then anytime you're eating with other people, use it as a time to lecture what what's wrong with what. I mean, you know, you, yes, they do serve kids sugary foods, at VBS, you know, I don't know many places you can drop your kids off for free care where they're getting organic snacks. I also don't know if the kids would, would eat them. So, you know, you control what you control. But I mean, if you go, somebody is having a house party or a get together at church and you go, and you're like, look at this. This is nothing but donuts that it's going to go straight. No one. It's like that English teacher I had in um, high school. I'd never forgot it. He said, I'm going to teach you how to use proper English. But just know this. If you use proper English, no one will ever like you. Right. So, and it's like that with diet, like get healthy and keep it to yourself. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Now, now someone asks you, 
Right. That's one thing. But there's some people, they're just like going around looking to like. It's true. Give and people a hard time. Yeah. And it's a different thing too. If like you have a loved one and you're like concerned for them because like you can see such a bad, like you go to them privately and you're like, I just want, you know. But yeah, like sitting at a table and lecturing people while they've ordered the thing they've already ordered is like, it's a waste <laughs> of time. Yeah. And in general, give no unsolicited advice. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cause people don't receive it. People <laughs> barely receive advice they've asked for, let alone if you just like telling people what, what they need to do. Here's Eric. You can sell sunshine. I got sunshine in a bag. By the way, I still haven't put any WD 40 in my chair. Sorry. Here is Scott. You guys need to watch the documentary uh, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Uh, the, the guy completely cured himself of uh, so many uh, diseases that he, he was uh, having to take medications for. And uh, it, it's all fruit juice. And so actually natural sugars are very beneficial and um, it's the processed sugars that you want to stay away from. But it's, it's biblical on that. I mean, again, in Genesis, it talks about every seed-bearing fruit he's given to us. So fruit's the key, guys. Just do your research. That's actually very not true. Like, fruit Explain. juice. Fruit juice is one of the worst things you could ever drink. Doctors call it poison in a can or poison in a glass. It's almost worse. Many doctors say fruit juice is almost worse than drinking Coke or Sprite or anything. There's more sugar in apple juice than there is in many colas. And it yeah, all that, hits your bloodstream as poison. Fruit juice is the worst thing you could ever intake to your body. Well, like orange juice, apple juice, horrible. Worst food that you can huh? take in your body. You said it's the worst thing you could intake into your body. It's still be probably mildly better than raw crystal meth. I don't know. How, if you compared how many people in America are dying of heart disease and all these metabolic things compared to how many people are dying of crystal meth, it would be more on the sugar side. Yeah, but you'd have to do it um, percentage of people who, who have had the thing. I've seen really in shape crystal meth addicts. <laughs> it's a different kind of shape. You move a lot. <laughs> You know, it doesn't make you active. It's a good a lot point. more scratching. You know what? Let's just come right out. We are the only two pro-crystal meth preachers. Listen, sometimes people need an energy boost. Crystal meth, sugar-free. It's carb-free. Here's a Israel. Hi, Jonathan and Ted. Uh, Jonathan, my brother, nice uh, to hear you talk. I really enjoy you guys. I just send my love towards you from... All the way, Africa, Namibia, man, have an awesome time. And uh, yeah, we keep praying for each other. God bless, bye. Let, let me you. also just say, I watched that fat, sick, and nearly dead documentary. I've, I've, I've seen it. And he's right that you can cure yourself of a ton of diseases, but you have to, have to. Like, I don't know how, how much str more strongly you can say it. The, the thing that's making it happen is an overindulgence of sugar and carbs. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. And like, <laughs> you look at like what people ate years and years and years ago that you, you, they didn't have that. It wasn't available to them. 
And uh, yeah, and let's let's be honest too. Like when you say, like even if you're going to say people need fruit fruit juice, the average person that's buying ocean spray fruit juice or whatever, look at it. Look at the ingredients. It's not it's not juice hand squeezed out of cranberries. It, yeah, but here's it's, the thing: it's a reddish sugar. It yeah, it doesn't even matter though, because if if I woke up every morning and made my own orange juice from hand. I bought organic oranges and made my, uh, better yet, I had my own orange tree back in my backyard and I picked them and made my own orange juice. You should look up sometime how many oranges it takes to make one eight ounce glass of orange juice. Right. So, cause here's the thing, you're not going to eat that many oranges in a sitting. <laughs> it probably <laughs> takes like 14 oranges or more. To make one eight ounce glass. So what you're doing is stripping all of the fiber from those oranges and putting all of their sugary juice into a glass in mass and then just downing the sugary liquid with no fiber. It's a good like, point. It, it, it's, it's insane. And like, you know, your body can't handle that. Like it just can't handle. That's why, I mean, like there's no other way to explain it. That's why. I mean, this is not like any kind of controversial science. I mean, this is agreed across the board now that like, you know, that's that's why insulin uh, protecting your insulin releases is the key to like not having many sicknesses in your body. And um, that's why I was saying that stevia, it has no ins it gives you no insulin re reaction whatsoever. It's a natural plant and it, it's two times sweeter than any table sugar. So you is, only uh, like half. Does monk fruit have an insulin effect? It's negligible. But okay, so the, the nice okay. thing about it is neither of those have um, carbs, and they uh, they don't spike your insulin. You know, well, and, they're, I, I, and there's... Can, I can do monk fruit stevia for whatever reason. Any of them, monk fruits, and I can't even do the liquid monk fruit because I can no. taste like the alcohol thing in it, but. The powdered monk fruit's like the only one I can do that I actually you, don't mind. You should, you should try it. Walmart carries a brand of stevia called Pure, P-Y-U-R-E. It's like the only one I've tasted that doesn't have an aftertaste afterwards. Okay, I'll give it a whirl. Here's Nathan. Thanks, guys. I just had waffles this morning. I'm going to go repent now. <laughs> Here's Asi. This, this teaching is terrible. Please stop. Don't want to know the truth. <laughs> Here's Scott. Do you think that there's a spiritual aspect to people who are obsessed with uh, the type of foods they eat? I've known people that almost seem to worship their diet plans, and they seem to try and evangelize people into their diet plans. Yeah, I, I do. Will tell, I will tell you, I've actually been slow to ever speak on this stuff. Because like we were saying how, how you the trick is to eat well without being a douchebag about it. I any time I've I won't say any time. Most times if I ever see a minister start getting into this stuff, they, yeah, they lose get overboard. Their, and they lose their divine healing aspect. Yeah. So they don't like pray for the sick or anything. It's just like telling them about what they eat. Which I understand, but you know, you want to do like we're doing now and have people be able to keep their healing and, yep. and all that and, and live healthy. But people quit praying for the sick or ministering yes, to the do. sick. It's like, and you know, Jesus, 
I heard Kenneth Hagin say one time, Jesus never healed anyone by correcting their diet. And that's true. You know, if there's a problem, if you start getting into health stuff and you see somebody in a wheelchair and you're like, you know, bro, you really need to take care of your bone health. And you know, that that's not ministry. So this is but more, you know for, what Go ahead. I will say this though, on a flip side of that, that Kenneth Hagin quote, <clears throat> part of the reason that Jesus never had to do that is because Jesus for the most part, really only ministered to Jews and God had already corrected their diet from the beginning. That's a good point. And there were no refined, you know, there were no refined carbs and sugars in Jesus day. They didn't have the same problems with diet, but the Bible does say like, if you're given to like gluttony to put a knife to your throat, like, you know, what does Proverbs say? Like, if you find honey, don't eat so much that you'll vomit. You know, like there's already right. instructions for the Old Testament people about eating. That's that, a good point. That that were in place. And the law, you know, if, if foods weren't kosher, you know, like the law gave them a guideline for diet, which, you know, nobody in our in our day, that's all thrown out the window. So no, Jesus there are, didn't have there to do that. People, there are people, like he was saying, that get into the diet stuff which you should do it knowing I'm I'm I want to do what's best for my body. But when it comes yep. to a thing where like you won't touch something and then if someone else orders ice cream, you yep. oh my goodness, I get you know what you're eating, don't like you yeah, you you're like very close to being demon possessed. You you know you know who those people are? Those are the people Paul prophesied about that said in the last days there'll be people that say don't eat this and don't eat that. Yeah. They um you know, and not to get off subjects, but anytime you're obsessive about one topic, yep. whether it's like Trump won the election, diet, we're like, you just, if someone brings that up, you know, it's going to be 40 minutes of you talking like you just did three lines of pure Bolivian cocaine. You mm-hmm. have a problem. You know, you need to learn how to know about something without being a lunatic. Yeah. Well, because it becomes a lord to you. It's like almost a form of idolatry. Anything that controls you. I was just reading this in the Bible um, a couple of days ago. Is basically anything that controls you, you know, can become a form of idolatry. It's like how Brother Hagin said that when he'd walk past that pharmacy, that soda shop, you know, he found out he finally every he realized that like he stopped doing it like every once in a while going in and getting a Coke to the point where every time he passed the store, he had to go in and get a Coke. And then he said, when he, when he recognized that he made a vow, like I'll never have another Coke in my life because now Coke controls me. And like, he told us that story when he was like 85 and that happened to him when he was like 20 something working construction. Yeah. And you, you can be controlled by good things. Like Ted and I have talked about this before, how there's people that are so addicted to going to the gym that they, they won't their diet fast. and nutrition. They won't fast. Like if, if the church calls a 21 day fast, they won't do it. Cause they're, they're like, I'm not going to set back six months of my muscle gains, you know? So really their number one thing is going to the gym and nutrition. Yeah. Above that's their God. Spiritual things. That's their God. That's no, no question about that. No question about that. And, so you're and, right. It's dangerous. You know, I, I, um, I think about that, like how, you know, and going, and going back to Jesus, I mean, it's true. 
but like look at the things that he dealt with for the most part like look at the problems that that jesus was healing blindness you know um the woman with internal bleeding a woman with a crippling condition that bent her over double you know those are not things to be corrected by diet right you know a demon spirit of infirmity that's inhabiting your body you know the, the you know, the, I don't care how many Twinkies you eat. It doesn't open you up to a demon spirit. Here is Michael. Hey, uh, John and Ted, I'm enjoying uh, the talk on uh, diets and sugar. Let me say this before I play this. You know, you do need to. There are a lot of Christians that are like that. We're like secretly. No one wants to be around you because they know if they if they're around you, they're going to have to talk about how Trump won the election totally. or diet. Or yep. essential oils. You're like obsessive about one one thing. Did you know that was the main fit reason why I started Check the News? Was basically so, so I didn't could, have to uh, talk about it with other people. Well, or I knew I would. I knew if I didn't give myself an outlet to get that information out that I knew, that I knew people needed to know, then yep. I would. I'd be one of those annoying people. It's like, you know, people are just looking to have like a nice time. And I'm like, did you know they're running the PCR tests at a 40 cycle rate, which produces more positives where it's actually supposed to be run at a 28 uh, cycle rate? You know, and people are like, uh, are you, a, you know, it's like yeah. everything I'm saying is true. Everything I'm saying is needed to be known by people, but it's right. annoying. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I just figured out I'll, I'll take that hour or hour and a half, get that out for people that are interested. And then I'm not tweeting about it or Instagramming it. Or anything the rest of the day. I'm not letting that control my life. You know, here's totally here's my. Hey, uh, John and Ted, I'm enjoying uh, the talk on uh, diets and sugar and whatnot. Um, I want to make a comment that uh, when I, I started working from home, I'm still working from home last year in March, I had a little bit of a belly on me and I just started cutting out sugar. I, I kind of had, had gone on a, on a fast of cutting out sugar and then I continued on it. And I just feel a whole lot better, and I did lose some weight. And then uh, my boys, we have a trampoline. Get on that trampoline and just jump, and we're out in the sun all the time. And <laughs> I, I wasn't even intending to lose weight, and I lost weight. Um, and, I, and I feel a whole lot better. And just getting that sunlight is so important. And I, I do that every day. We eat lunch, and then we'll go out and get that sunlight. So thank you guys for talking about this, enjoying it. Thank you so much. Let me, tell, let me tell you, between your tone of voice and what your daily activities are, you sound like possibly the best dad that ever existed. <laughs> That's true. I'll t- let me say something to tack on to what he said. Every day I make my kids lunch, and then we get out <laughs> on the trampoline in the sunlight. Like, wow, are you are you an actual human being or an angel? <laughs> I'll say something like when I was – remember, we were, I went back and we just got off on the sugar, but um, the thing – like the four to five things that you just need to do that I like was researching – like yeah. the, cutting out sugar was the first one, but then like doing what he said is the, is the second and the third one, which is um, you need to keep every human needs to keep their heart rate for at least 30 minutes a day in that like optimal uh, heart rate zone for, I mean, just 30 minutes, whether that's like doing a walk, like I can get my heart to that place, just walking. Like I don't even have to run ever. So like doing a fast, brisk walk for 30 minutes, uh, like he's jumping on the trampoline. You could jump rope, you whatever. But it's even better to do Freaking, it out in the sunlight. Freaking shoplift. 
yeah, whatever, run from the police. Um, <laughs> but like to do it out in the sunlight, like he's saying, is like that's the kicker because um, almost nobody gets enough vitamin D into their body. And vitamin D is like the thing that opens you up to start being able to receive the other nutrients really well. So if you have a vitamin D deficiency because you don't get enough sunlight, which is the number one way to get vitamin D into your body, you're hurting. So I made a decision to like, I'm not going to do treadmills or anything like at a gym. I'm going to go outside in the sun and, and walk out. And if you have at least like, they say if you have like a third to a half of your body exposed to the sun, you're getting plenty and you only need like 30 minutes. So like, don't be afraid. People are like, I don't want to expose my skin to the sun because of skin cancer. Well, it's like you're not laying out at the beach for six hours. You're like walking <laughs> in the sun for 30 minutes. Here's uh, here's March. Good morning. This is Marioka. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Ted. How much has uh, hormones to do with people developing uh, that <laughs> beautiful looking tummy fat uh, later in life, say around 40? Uh, oh, and by the way, happy birthday, Jonathan, belated. But um, yeah, that's, I read that there are different hormones also uh, for women and men, of course, but then also there are different kinds of hormones that could be at play. So care to comment? Uh, by the way, thank you for the happy birthday. But not only is it not belated, it's exactly 90 days early. I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off, Ted. When you paused, I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, no, that's right. I, I think um, I wouldn't worry about your natural hormones of your body as much as I would just doing the things you can control, you know? No, no, no. She means hormones and food. Oh, I see. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. That's why you've got to look for stuff. Do you know there's like an actual non-GMO project now that like a bunch of companies have signed up with that are like, it's it's like the non-GMO project. It's printed on the on the stuff. And, um, you know, obviously I, I would stay far away from like the hormones and stuff. I think it's terrible, but, um, I think she's right about that. Like I wouldn't do it. And if, if it's, uh, if it's your own hormones, I wouldn't worry about that because I, w I would worry more about what you can handle. But like, those are the things like, all right, so sugar, getting your heart rate up for 30 minutes a day, getting the vitamin D in the sun. And then like, um, sleep that's the other thing people don't sleep well or or sleep enough i know i don't and and sleep is you like you know why because i'm riddled with guilt <laughs> understood you know it's um, a catch-22 for me because i'm riddled i can't sleep because i'm riddled with guilt about how little i sleep <laughs> it's a never-ending cycle <laughs> you'll never be free of it um, but it's, it's true though. Like we don't sleep and that's the time where our body, like, you know, heals itself and stuff and, and, and resets and people, people don't, uh, don't do it. I'm like, I'm guilty of the whole, you know, there's, there's all kinds of studies on this, but like, you know, the whole, uh, having blue light in your face all day long, like it, it stops the, uh, it stops the melatonin from flowing in your body. So you 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 have a hard people have a hard time falling asleep because their phones next to their bed and they watch their iPad or the TV until they fall asleep and it just like it it stop they've proven that it stops melatonin from um, being excreted in your body which which helps you sleep you know 
Here's a uh, John. John. Now I'm feeling convicted. I was on the front row of a of Jonathan's meeting here in St. Louis, and I was drinking a Pepsi. Now I must go hide in a dark room in in the fetal position and, and hover in shame. We're, we're not judging you. Here's Philip. The key is to anoint your food with oil, so I deep fry everything. My, uh, he's actually not wrong. Like uh, putting <laughs> not deep frying. Putting oil is good. Oh, put put extra virgin olive oil on it on stuff and it, and, and grass fed butter, man. It's very good for you. Here's Mike. Also, Jonathan, whenever you mentioned meat and in Timothy, where it says that's the um, prediction for in you know end of days or whatever, I always get a bunch of meat. So I just had some meat last night, and we're gonna have some meat, some brisket tonight. That was best dad ever, Michael. Here's Albert. Yo, guys, this took an interesting turn, um, but it's uh, very fruitful. Teddy, thank you so much, man. You're welcome. Here is Britt. These conversations are going to put me out of business. I guess I'm going to have to come up with a keto cake pop. That's true. And she makes the best of the best. Not even kidding. The thing thing is, that's the thing. Like, well, you, you... I don't, I don't want to put words in Teddy's mouth, but if, like, let's say you, you take your girls out for ice cream, you'll have right. one, right? Probably not, but. Not no, not now? I probably won't have any. I mean, like, I don't see, first of all, I'm not like a massive ice cream fan, but like, I don't see the point of like, I just don't see the point of doing it once you start to understand. I mean, I will. I mean, I'm not like never have ice cream again. I'll have ice cream. But I mean, like, yeah, there's times you can have. See, I'm not talking about like the exception of the rule. It's like the the, the thing you have to remember is like you get you just can't pound yourself daily. It's not like you can never yeah. have a, a treat again or anything. That's what I meant. So it's not like you can't ever have a cake pop or like I know like there's no way if we landed at Logan Airport and I took you to Santarpio's, you'd be like, I don't eat pizza anymore. You'd have a piece, right? No, yeah, I mean, I, no, I probably would. And it's like, um, uh, if I wasn't on like a thing where I'm like on, on a mission to lose a certain amount of weight in a certain amount of time, but like, uh, what are you trying yeah, to get I, down to? I'd like to be at like, I mean, ideally I'd like to be at like 200 even. Wow. But, so, what's but, your, so how much further you have to go? My goal right now is to get to like 220, and I'm about 10 pounds away from it. What's the heaviest you've ever been? 256. Well, wow, so you're doing good. You got way down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I lost 35 pounds last year on keto. I lost about 15 just with uh, from crippling anxiety. Here's a king. <laughs> How many times in a week do you guys get takeout? And um, what's your diet like? And for you, Evangelist Jonathan, has it changed? Because I remember when you came to Africa... At the conferences would have in East London, you would say like at night you would go walk to McDonald's and just buy burgers. Do you still go go and do things like that or has it totally changed? And then one thing I want to ask is um, Dr. Rodney was a bit bigger, but he seemed to have lost weight really quickly. Do you know what he did? Yes, Dr. Rodney, and I don't know if he wants me telling people this, but he had a massive battle with anorexia. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't know what led it in, but I think he's got the victory over it. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, 
and bulimia. Several times he asked me to hold his hair back while he made himself vomit after dinner. Um, Dr. Rodney did one of the strictest diets. Yeah, he was oh. having like he was having like five hundred calories a day supplemented yep. with uh with vitamins, you know, and, and was very strict. He he doesn't cheat, you know. If he does something, he he does it. So he he did uh he did it like that. He'd have like steak and and salad, like like six ounces of fillet with a salad and and then supplement it with vitamins and cut cut sugar all the way out. Um yeah, I used to See, here's what you have to remember. When I was in South Africa and I would walk to have McDonald's after I got done preaching, the time difference was brutal because after the night service in South Africa, it was like dinner time in America. So I would start getting very hungry at like two or three in the morning, which would be dinner time in America. And I, I would go, I would take a taxi, which they told me was very dangerous, but that'll let you know how hungry I was. To McDonald's and or KFC, and, I, and I'd get something. But again, let me tell you something about McDonald's. I don't know whether my taste has changed or they've gotten really sucky. But I used to actually like McDonald's. If they had fresh French fries, I felt like it was a good meal. And well, the foreign McDonald's are better, but yeah, I'll probably never go to McDonald's for the rest of my life. Because it's just... Between knowing it's bad for you and it not really tasting that good anymore. It doesn't anymore. And the way the you then you must feel the same as me, right? Because you used to love McDonald's, but they, they suck now, right? They're terrible. And like part of the thing that makes me upset about going there, obviously, like one thing Chick-fil-A has kind of ruined for everyone is like almost every McDonald's service is terrible. Oh. I it's mean, not terrible. Just the service is bad. It's the attitude. Yeah, it's terrible. Burger King. It's like, what? What are you hiring? I tweeted: Is Burger King only hiring people that got kicked out of MS13 for poor attitude? I know it's it's so bad, and then that bleeds into the food preparation, and it, it comes out like horribly. And if it's ever even right, if the orders are even right, so half of it's just the headache of having to go there. I deal agree. with the people. Just and right the food off the doesn't taste the, as good as it used to. Right off the bat through the drive thru. I hope you. It's like yeah. might as <laughs> well just be like what, might as well just be like, what do you want? Pretty much. Yeah, it's the, th- that's the energy from it. So uh, to answer your question, Akeem, that's the kind of stuff like the last time I was in South Africa, I was thirty seven or thirty eight. Probably thirty eight. And I didn't have I could eat I could eat and drink anything I wanted and I'd still lose weight some weeks. Like I had to eat when I was not hungry to keep weight on, especially remember this. I was preaching two, four hour services a day in that building that has no air conditioning. So the, I was four like, windows. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you talk about weight loss just from sweating. I had puddles in my shoes. Yeah. It was different there, but no, no, I, I, I don't think I would do that. I'm not because I can't. Even if I preach in those kind of settings now, I don't lose weight, which, which is, which sucks. Here's Veronica. I live in the valley, and <laughs> yeah, Jonathan is right. Here in Texas, food is everywhere, especially in the borderline. It's um, since we're by the border, you see food everywhere. Food is a big deal thing here. 
the thing is, when I was growing up, my grandma, uh, being Mexican, it was a steak and a side of salad. And you were allowed only to have um, one or two tortillas. Nowadays, I see that when you go to the restaurants, the amount of rice and beans <laughs> and tortillas plus a steak true. plus a side of potatoes, it's, it's insane. And they call it the Mexican plate. That's not real. <laughs> Veronica, continue. Mainly for us, as coming from Mexican culture, has sure. been more of a balance. And we honestly pray about it when we go grocery shopping. And we add more vegetables and we try to steam it the least that we can. Try to eat them more raw than we can. Uh, and we do mostly chicken and fish because that's what we like. So when we go eat a steak, we eat a steak. But um, I've noticed that a lot of people lately have added a lot of carbs in one sitting. A lot of more. And, and plus a Diet Coke, of course. And dessert, but a Diet Coke. And did you know that it's proven now that Diet Coke makes you crave carbs? No, I didn't know that. Yep. Here's a, I'm going to rattle off a bunch of these. If you want to jump in, feel free, but I'm just going to see what people have to say. Rock stuff. I don't know if you guys covered this, but think about the story in the Bible about the three Hebrew boys. They wasn't just going around like telling everybody, letting everybody know. I only eat this and I will not partake in the king's meat. No, they had to show through trial and error. So after that probationary period, I, th I believe it was a year, uh, they wasn't boasting about their diet and how much better their diet was. They kept their heads down and their mouth shut and they did what they knew to be right. So, yeah, I don't know about y'all. A lot of times, a lot of times, I get into it with people, um, because I am that person. Like, you know, I, I won't eat certain things. And people ask why, but my wife, she actually turns her nose up at healthy eating or not all the way cooked vegetables you know when they, the cabbage or the broccoli still has a little bit of a crunch to it she can't stand it i'm just like this is how you're supposed to eat this is a healthy snack he makes a good point but also it's it is important to remember that the the three hebrew actually the four hebrew children they weren't doing it for health purposes they were doing it so that they didn't accidentally dis displease god by eating meat that may have been offered to idols or not fully drained of blood like the Bible says you're not supposed to for Hebrew people. My friend, Pastor Tyler. I can't believe you guys are taking away my sugar and my moral superiority. Come on, man. <laughs> I'll, tell you another, I'll tell you another thing, being up in Canada, that was the heaviest I've ever been. I went from 174 to 188 in about eight days, and I could not figure out why I was putting on weight like I was. I was having three uh, extra large or large Tim Hortons triple triples, three sugars, yep. three cream. So because they use cream with more milk fat in Canada, I looked it up. It was 30 grams of fat per drink. So I was having 90 fat grams a day just from coffee before I ate. And then I was eating plenty. <laughs> so there's another there's another thing uh, that you got to watch out for up there in Canada. Here's McConnell. I'm glad to know that my intense meth addiction is healthier for me than that glass of orange juice I drink for breakfast. Yeah, things things you won't hear on many Christian podcasts. Gerald, hey guys, what's up? Ted, about the fruit juice, you're mainly talking about when you buy like store-bought fruit juice, not necessarily if you juice your own apples or oranges and make your own juice at home, right? 
let's look at it, Gerald. Here's the here's the statistics. You ready? One eight ounce cup of fresh squeezed orange juice, 0.5 grams of total fat, 1.7 grams of protein, 26 carbs, 21 grams of sugar. So go, with no fiber. So that's just going directly. That's eight ounces. So that's going directly into your bloodstream. That's two thirds of your daily intake of sugar into your body as a, as an adult male. And, you know, you, you go to people. Well, let's say if, you if to, you're supposed to, if you're supposed to stay under 30 grams, that's all of it. What did I say? 26. Yeah, that is all of it. But, but think about this. If you're at breakfast at a restaurant or at home, um, you know, props to you if you have one glass of orange juice, but who's having one glass of orange juice, you know, you have it with, you get thirsty from your breakfast, you drink another glass. There is 50 grams of sugar. So I don't care if it's fresh squeezed at home. And it's not me. This is not my opinion. I'm telling you like what science has proven. This is the reason people are in the hospital in America. It's, it's, it's actual overconsumption of sugar. And it doesn't matter how you get it. I don't care if you like just open the sugar jar and eat spoonfuls with a spoon or drink orange juice. It's the same thing to your blood and your pancreas. Here's a... Uh... Alex or Shanette? What's up, Jonathan, Teddy? It's Alex and Shanette. Hey, y'all. So I don't know if you remember, John, when you were uh, preaching in North Carolina, I uh, came out to see you. I was probably pushing 260 at that time. He was a big boy. I, I was huge. And so uh, right after that, I met Shanette, and she kind of helped me with the stuff you guys are talking about, the science behind it. I simply cut out sugars, cut out carbs, like no bread. I didn't really work out. I did no cardio, and literally, literally the, the fat melted off of my body. I was a 44 long suit that was tight-fitting, went all the way down to a 40 long, and a 38 waist down to a 32 waist, yeah. just by simply not not ordering desserts, no sugar, no breads. He did low-carb, high-protein. It wasn't keto, but it was low-carb, high-protein. Yeah, definitely high-protein, just clean eating. No, no exercise, really, and the fat just melted off. And that's exactly what happens. I do remember him, and I and then I noticed he lost a lot of weight, and I, I never uh, asked how. I, I I was just assumed AIDS. Here's uh, you better watch out talking about Old Testament dietary laws. and might get accused of being Hebrew roots. <laughs> Here, here's Colt. I've heard bodybuilders and athletes who compete and stuff like that recommend, or a good rule of thumb is whenever you're shopping at the store and you're picking out, you know, items, like grocery items and stuff like that, to look on the back of the ingredients label. And if it has, you know, 10 or more ingredients on there and just words that you can't pronounce, it's probably not very good for you. But just a good rule of thumb is to kind of keep the ingredients level for, you know, at least 10 items or less. It's a pretty good rule of thumb. It's an excellent rule of thumb. And that's that's basically kind of what eating whole foods is is about. You know, like you you're eating whole foods, not like things that have been processed in a laboratory. Here's Brian. So several years ago, I had a really interesting uh, insight into our diet. I used to go and ride a bike and I was in pretty good shape. I'd go ride 30 or 40 miles and not think a thing yeah. about it. And I would run this course by my house and every time I'd get to a certain spot, it would be keep me winded and uh, I'd be tired and I just didn't uh, like that run. 
So we did a diet for about a month and a half, just kind of eating no process, no sugar, no dairy, no flour, things like that. And I went, I hadn't been working out in over a year. I went and ran that course. I was not tired. I ran twice the distance, had no soreness or anything. And the only thing I changed was my intake, was my diet. It was an amazing uh, insight into just how much diet can change. And, and I'll tell you, okay. hold, before we play Sarah, did you hear uh, Pastor Mac Hammond's testimony, John? No. So Pastor Mac Hammond, I was at Mark Hankins' uh, Ministers and Leaders Conference, and he, uh, Pastor Mac was speaking at one of the morning sessions, and uh, he just kind of gave a quick testimony. And this was before, like, any of these studies were out, you know, by doctors. But he was like, uh, you know, he was diagnosed with cancer. And so... That. Yeah. And so uh, he was praying and asking the Lord, you know, to heal him of cancer. And this is the word he got from the Lord. He, the Lord said, I'm going to heal you of cancer. But when I heal you, I want you to completely go off sugar out of your diet. Like the Lord Jeez. told him that in his spirit. And uh, that's interesting. yeah, I mean, like and then he and then later he found out all the science and stuff when it came out. But like the Lord gave him that as like a way to keep his healing after he was healed of cancer. No. And think of this, like what if you felt the same way about sugar as you did about cigarettes? Because, you know, like let's say someone has lung cancer and they want prayer and you find out they, and I'm not, I'm not talking to you, Ted, I'm just saying to everybody listening. you like, you find out they smoke two and a half packs of cigarettes a day. You know, you'll pray for it. It's like, listen, I'll pray for you, but like you need to quit smoking. So like, yeah, same with sugar. Like, if your pancreas is shutting down, I'm not talking about type 1 diabetes that you were born with. I'm saying, you know, kidney problems and blood problems, and you, your diet is awful, you should look at it the same way you would if you were, like, smoking and you found out you had lung problems. Like, yeah, I do need the Lord to touch me, and I also need to, like, cut this terminal habit I have out of my life. Let, let me let me let me make a couple of things because I've thought about this. Like one of the things is as a preacher, I can say, though, one of the things you have to stay constantly stay in prayer about, which Jesus had is like and I pray this is that God continually give me compassion for people, because when you start to understand these things that like the majority of people cause their own problems, it, you think like you just said, like, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. And then you're going to go out and eat like, a, you know, you're going to just pound your body and, and the, the thing's going to come back on you. But but like you have to continually ask the Lord to give you a compassion for people. But like the other thing, the other thing I was going to say that's very interesting is, um, did you, ever, did you ever think of this? Like type one diabetes is the one where your pancreas doesn't produce enough insulin. Type two diabetes is, is where your pancreas overproduces because your 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 blood cells start becoming insulin resistant so they won't let insulin in so your your pancreas thinks oh i'm not getting insulin so it produces even more and how how crazy is it to you that doctors then put you on more insulin shots <laughs> that's true and did you know ins did you know insulin is a hormone that makes you store fat so it makes you get fatter that's insane. So that so, so which then will, which will throw more stuff off and make you need more medication. That's right. And so it's not that you you need more insulin. Your your body's producing plenty. It's just that your cells won't receive it. And they have proven this, like proven it, that if you'll change your diet and add in just some intermittent fasting, you can reverse all of that and make your blood cells receive insulin again. 
you know what's interesting too is the more you learn about life stuff you used to respect you have no respect for it it's like it's like if i was 25 and i heard someone was the head of the fda i'd be like wow great job then now if you enter you'd be like you wicked bastard it's true it's absolutely true yeah and that's why knowing all this stuff like when you heard people talking to you about like cdc recommendations about church it's like uh do you know anything about the cdc (laughs) right here's sarah the only reason i'm currently on a diet is because jonathan and adalis were having a chat about relationships and somebody had asked what's the best way to prepare for my future husband to arrive and jonathan said uh losing weight and make sure that you're in the best shape (laughs) So I've been feeling convicted and been on a diet ever since. I'm minus 12 pounds closer to my future wow. husband. Whoop, whoop. Great job. I can't believe I said something like that. But I, at the same time, I kind of believe I said something like that. Well, you know, men are pretty visual. So you know, you everyone is according to scripture. If you want to increase your, your chances. Here's Ken. So I did the keto diet last year, lost about 20 pounds and then realized how much I miss carbs. But I've been on the profile diet since March of this year, and I was at 248 when I started. I'm down to 205 now, which is pretty much higher protein and less carbs, but it's been a pretty good diet. Definitely getting me to eat healthier and to cut out the sugars. No, I, I know I know the Bible says man, man uh, judges on the outward appearance, Ted, but at the same time, you do see a lot of young, attractive women married to old, fat, rich guys that they don't care about the looks because of other things he can provide. But yeah, that's because not, the Bible also says money answers all things. But you don't including see it in relationships. Reverse. But you don't see it in reverse. You don't see a lot of like young gym going guys that are in great shape married to old, disgusting, rich women. Because you don't I see a lot of sugar mamas. I'm not saying sugar moms. I'm saying like you will see a tw- a, a woman in her 20s married. Let me look at look at uh Anna Nicole Smith with that guy that was like in a, that guy in his late 80s or whatever because he was a billionaire or multimillionaire. But you don't see young, like a guy in his 20s married to like a 70 year old heiress or rich that's woman. Be- that's that's because we live in an oppressive white patriarchal society. That, I think your average guy'd be like. Hi, Aaron. That's great. See you later. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just other people like a poor, hot person. Here's a key. Yeah. You know, that's something I've always found so strange that you guys in America, you complain like a lot about your food. And us overseas here, we're like, oh, we can't wait to try that. I was listening to Patrick and Mags on uh, Check the Market yesterday. Or was it day before yesterday? Um, sometime during the week. And they were talking about how the tuna in Subway is not tuna. And I was right. like, and now you're talking about McDonald's not being as great that side. And I've heard also other people talk about it. But like in South Africa, um, it seems to be great. It seems to be good. So it's it's sad. When you hear those big companies, and now I can't try Burger King because I heard of the whole homosexuality thing or transgender thing, so I don't know. Chick-fil-A. No, no let me tell you something, Akeem. They're great at marketing over here, you know, but it's not like it's an invalid complaint. 
there's ingredients you're allowed to put in food in America that you will go to prison for for putting in food in, in Europe. That's right. And and it's bad. It's really bad. It's why our country is in, you know, ha- it's has planned. obesity. It's planned. It's planned for sure. Let me tell you, if you don't think it's planned, then go read the book that's called Salt, Sugar, Fat. There's only like 11 corporations that own all the subsidiaries in your kitchen. Like there's only 11, like Nestle and those. They, when they saw the uh, diabetes epidemic starting, they all met together at like a forum, like a summit to see what could be done about it. But when they, when they saw that the, uh, uh, it, would, it would too drastically affect their bottom line, they all decided to do nothing about it. Right. Here's Miguel. One thing that uh, I've done, very spiritual, is uh, I play the word of God as I cook my food. And by doing that, you actually infuse the word of God into whatever you're making. So you can make the most unhealthiest food, but it's fused with the word of God. Therefore, it is healthy. <laughs> I'm totally messing around. Hey, guys, thank you so much for this podcast, what you guys are sharing right now. It's really influential, and I so appreciate it. You guys are both phenomenal. Can't wait to see you all soon in Texas. Hey, thanks, Miguel. Here's Mackenzie. Have you guys noticed that after eating healthier for a period of time, you actually start to crave those foods? I have noticed that, and I've noticed that that I, I don't want the things. The only thing, like... There's a place here called Bosa Donuts that's rated high on Yelp that I, I like a glazed donut, but I mean I'm not I'm not gonna have it. I'm, but that that would be one of the only remaining things because I'll tell you one of the good parts about fasting, and if you're gonna do a diet like this, it's great to do it coming out of a fast because if you can say no to all foods, then you can say no to some foods. That's right. Here's Which Ken. is why it's also okay. good to do. Uh, it's also good to do intermittent fasting too. Like, remember yep. your your mom lost a bunch of weight just doing that eight hour diet. Yep, she did. Because you know, and that's that's a good one. But even more, uh, even more uh, beneficial is the six hour window. If you can do eighteen six, you're doing very well. And in all honesty, you know, there's only there's only so much food you can eat in a sitting. You know, it's like. Right. You're not going to like kill your. It's very, very hard. I mean, like, you know, don't don't take my life as an example. But yes, for the for the average person. I've never seen somebody eat so much pudding. (laughs) (laughs) Just let everybody know. How old were you? Twenty four? Probably something like that. Yeah, me and so I'd have been 25, and me, Teddy, and our Uncle Terry, and uh, the late Pastor Ron Hoffman, who pastored up in Massachusetts in Hopkinton, he, he, um, or Pastor Marlboro, we uh, went to this like Chinese buffet, right? Yeah. And then, there, you know how the Chinese buffet has like a dessert buffet, but it's just like garbage dessert. So they had like just a big trough of, of chocolate pudding. So we all pitched in money. What, 200 bucks? Yeah, about like 200 bucks. For Teddy to load a full-size dinner plate with a heaping portion of chocolate pudding. I mean, like a dinner plate mounded over like a dome. It was huge. 
And so we told him we'd give him the money if he could eat it all. After he and, I, me, and I had to keep it down. Yeah, and he had to keep it down. So he did it. And that pastor was in his 60s. He was an older guy, you know. And that the way he laughed and enjoyed that, that had to be the highlight of his entire life. I mean, he <laughs> laughed. And he wasn't a real, like, laughing guy. He laughed the whole time Teddy was eating it. Teddy was struggling like the final third, but but did it. And then he just kept laughing. And it got, finally went, I've never seen someone eat so much pudding in all my life. You know what's funny is like his face was getting like real red and he kept going like, oh no, oh my goodness. Oh no. Yeah. He was like concerned for you. <laughs> hey Ted and um Pastor Jonathan, I love you guys so much. Ted, you're like hilarious and Jonathan, when y'all are together, you both are just like just crazy funny. But I just wanted to show um well share that um I went vegan and I've been vegan since um, October of twenty eighteen and I've lost over a hundred pounds and um pretty much offset it type two diabetes. So I just definitely wow. want to say that plant based diet, no animal products, no meat, um and of course, no uh, animal products mean like no dairy, any of that, which almost eliminates all sugar, all sugary desserts here in the U.S. That will literally cause you to drop weight rapidly. So I definitely recommend for anybody who may listen that being vegan is so like uh, very, very helpful. It's not for everybody. I mean, everyone doesn't have to be vegan, but I do believe like plant based diets do help with weight loss. Lots of research supports that kind of diet. God bless you guys. Thanks, Kendra. Here's Michelle. I, I, don't, I never remember I can never remember the difference between vegan and vegetarian. Is vegetarian where you can still eat like fish and stuff? Hmm. One of them well, is no meat whatsoever. And then one well, of them well, you can ve- still have. Vegan is no animal or animal products. Okay, so, that's what it is. Like a vegetarian, you can have cheese. But- yeah, but I think vegetarians will still even eat fish. One of them still eats fish. Yeah, well, if you talk to vegetarians, they still, I don't even think they know what vegetarian means. It's like, I'm a vegetarian, I'll still have chicken. It's like, yeah, then you're not a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, but vegans are real strict, like no animal products whatsoever. Here's Michelle. Hey, guys. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Ted, for doing this. This is really awesome. Really awesome. Um, I just, getting back to the sugar thing, I often find that people become so addicted to the sugar that their body constantly craves it that it takes a lot of diligence and willpower to even uh, try to break that and then especially like living in New York you're so busy all the time people constantly just get whatever is the quickest whatever is the easiest so for them to actually try to eat healthy take time out and eat healthy it's it's not it's not for them for a lot of people it's not feasible they 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 want the easy way out so they just pop pills just to make it easier. I don't. I find that people always like, yeah, I'm gonna eat healthy. I'm gonna eat healthy, but then they never, they never do because their body, they crave the sugars. And I, I, I notice that everywhere I go, especially people that are really like overweight and just struggle. Hey, you know one thing uh, that I cut out of my diet right away was what giant rainbow colored lollipops. Yep, those will get you. Plus, you look like you look like kind of an idiot at forty years old walking around with a huge lollipop. You know what? <laughs> that's that's not true for everyone. I think some people look very intelligent, and you know, it, it makes you approachable. No, you're right. I shouldn't have made that a hard fast rule. 
Can you imagine having a huge rainbow, one of those huge swirly rainbow lollipops in the front row before they called you up to preach, just like going, going to town on it until they introduced you and then asking the pastor's wife if she had like a wrapper. If she could hold it for you. (laughs) Or, or or if you walked up and took the mic with it and just laid it on the pulpit until you were done. And then, then you just picked it back up at the end and went back at it. Or if you took, or if you took it up with you. Grab the mic from the pastor when he handed it to you. Put the mic down and preached out of the lollipop. <laughs> your summer. Yeah, Teddy explained like you're you're using like eight apples. Where whereas if you just eat one apple, that's that's different. We're over consuming everything as an American. He explained that earlier. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with having a piece of fruit, but it's one piece. And just to give you the the notes on that, think about this. Here's one large apple. 0.4 grams of fat, 0.6 grams of protein, 31 carbs. Five. So you subtract fiber from carbs to get the net carbs. There's five grams of fiber. means you're taking in 26 grams of sugar from one large apple. So then acai bowls would be terrible to have. Yeah, like, I don't... that Any of that kind of stuff, like, I don't understand, like, why... Like, once you understand how bad sugar is, you know, people say, like, well, if there's fiber, like, fiber, it would have to be the exact amount of the sugar to, like, get the sugar out. It's like, if there's 31 carbs and 23 grams of sugar in an apple, 23 grams, that's almost your whole day again in one large apple. You know, it's interesting, too, is to think of how hard at drugs and, and how many of them and alcohol already Lang did. And when he went for his checkup, the only thing that was, like, killing him was his, his food diet. Right. Yeah. You know, heroin, tons of heroin, tons of, of coke. And he was fine other than his pancreas from sugar. I'm telling you. Here's Robbie. 76% of your workout is diet. That's a very specific number. You know, living overseas for a little bit there in South Africa, you tell a huge difference in the what's in the food. I pretty much eat about the same way I did over there, but you just here you have a lot more fatigue and you can feel a difference in your body and the fact that a lot of things that are in our food are illegal in other countries says a lot. But that's that's all I have to say. I really just wanted to hop on and tell you both I miss you. Love you, Sean. So you guys are just talking so well. Hey, Ted. Um, Hey, Pastor Jonathan. So um, I already sent the message to you guys about being vegan, but that's something similar that happened to me when I had got diagnosed with type two diabetes. The Holy Spirit told me if you really want to beat this, I was desperate. I was I couldn't believe that, you know, it came upon me and I was even like I like, like, no, like I was eating crazy bad, you know, but I just felt in my mind, oh, I'm never going to get this. You know, I'll be okay. After doctors have warned me, my parents and I was a little girl, like, okay, you got to always watch. End up getting it. And I say, God, you know, I'm desperate. I need your help. And he told me, go vegan. That's how you're going to beat this. And I've been vegan ever since. And in a year, I lost um, almost over 100 pounds. And then when the year mark hit, um, I kept losing and I went over 100. So I definitely want to say being vegan is definitely a blessing. And I do agree with you, Ted. I tell people all the time, I'm not vegan because, you know, Daniel and the Hebrew boys in the Bible, they went, they were vegan. They just were vegan technically because they did not want to. I I know know what she's saying. Um, 
and and it's important too that she realized the reason she was able to do that and reverse the whole thing is because by doing what she did, she cut out all simple carbohydrates. She cut out all sugars. I mean, all those things that were causing her blood cells to do that. I mean, she like eliminated it. And that's what I'm saying. These issues are completely reversible. You know, people don't have to have those things in their lives, you know? Yeah. Uh, let me let me say one thing, John. Tell me what you think of this. This this really uh this spoke to me in a way that I hadn't heard before, but like, you know, the verse in the Bible where the where uh where it says, uh, if you'll judge yourselves, you'll not be judged. Right. You know, it's interesting that like that's true, like in every area of life. So like you can do anything you want to do in life. Like you can break the law if you want to. So like if you if you choose to like break the law and and don't judge yourself uh personally by following the law, somebody else will come and then judge you. Right? Right. But but the same thing is true with this because most people that end up doing the things we're talking about are being they, judged by their doctor. Yes. Instead of judging themselves ahead of time. That's an excellent point. So like most people wait for a crisis in order to bring judgment to themselves instead of like judging themselves to prevent a crisis. You there? Yeah. Okay, sorry, my, my thing dropped out. Here's a... I'm going to give Phil Hutchings another chance. Just a Canadian tip that helped me. Uh, I didn't cut out salt entirely. I just substituted it with ice salt. And uh, it has done wonders. I can't see out of my left eye my leg shake, but I feel like my heart's <laughs> in a better place. <laughs> ice salt. <laughs> um, I agree with Sarah. Uh, good afternoon, Evangelist Jonathan and Ted. It's so true. Evangelist Jonathan, you did say that, and that made me definitely contemplate going to the gym to make sure that I am the fit person that I'm looking for. What a superficial response from a minister. I do remember doing that. You know, and now I remember why I said it. I think I was on a Dallas's podcast, so, like, I don't mind ruining someone else's program <laughs> someone had a question about getting married and they wanted like spiritual advice i was like go to the gym and lose weight <laughs> and wear makeup here's a <laughs> i'm actually working out because of what you said on stereo too oh, but no. most importantly i am not ready to move up a jean size on zara but let me tell you if you, can, if you can still fit into any clothes on zara you're doing pretty good because even very even true they're, <laughs> they're extra large they're not cut their clothes aren't really made for human beings Right. Here's, here's, true. here's Mars. Regarding your comment that you don't see a lot of young guys going for the older women, you've obviously never watched the TV show 90 Day Fiance. I take what I said then. Serious question here, guys. Are you or are you not related to Jesus Charles? Not related. He's a movie character. Yeah. Here's, uh, here's Eric. I'll get on the sharing the progress chain. So about three years ago, I was pushing like 185, 190, and I'm like 5'10", so that's way high. All I did was change my diet. So I did keto for a while, and now I'm just doing low carb. Within like six months, I put I, I went down to like 155, so I lost like 40 pounds. And I've pretty much just maintained it for three years with just low carb. So <laughs> very little exercise. I need to start exercising, but I haven't yet. I'm going to, 
but I haven't yet. So just diet changes, you know, lost 40 pounds and maintained it for three years. Let me tell you something. Eric looked great. Looked really great. And that's why his wife's got a brand new baby. Send pics, Eric. Uh, I'll tell you another thing. Again, getting back to like the goal isn't to be thin or just lose weight. Because if you go to the gym and do any kind of resistance training, you're going to build. It's like me. You know, it's hard for me to get my mind around, but like 172 was where I needed to be before. 180 might be my bottoming out point now because I did put it put on, you know, my 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 upper chest was like like a prisoner of war. You could see like my my bones. So now (laughs) I have some muscle there, which might that might be my new bottom. So. If you're going to build muscle, I don't mean body build, but I mean, like, if you're building muscle, you do have to come to a point where you realize, like, I weigh more, but it's not bad weight, you know? That's where the that's where the waist to height ratio comes in. Yeah, that is ex- excellent. Here's a uh, rock stuff. I think the vegetarians that only eat fish are called pescatarians. I'm not entirely sure. You can fact check me on that if you if you want to. No, you're right. I think you're right. Here is Roger Lane. Hey, Teddy. Uh, it's Roger from South Carolina. I'm a well-rounded man, if you uh, understand what I'm saying. But what what's something, what's some good, I guess, diet plans, if you will? Any, any suggestions? I'm going to the gym more now, but my eating is kind of terrible still. I don't really eat sweets, but... It's the, the the healthy carbs, potatoes, stuff like that. Let that that's, let me that's take like, let me take it let me take it before you take it, Teddy. Because yeah. you say what what diet tips do we have? The whole program, you know, cut sugar out. And and when you say I don't eat sweets, that's how I would have felt. I would yep, be like, I don't have a matter. problem with sugar. But there's tons of ways that you're getting a lot of sugar without even realizing that you are. So. There's no what diet plan, you know, it's what cut sugar out, treat sugar yep. like cigarettes, you know, and, and by see, that I mean, just have, have one, have it every once in a while when you're stressed out. And see, like when you say that, that's good. But I think that's the verbiage that makes people feel like they're doing good. Because like you said, you'd have thought you'd have been there because you don't order dessert and stuff. It's, it's not about just saying sugar. Like what you need to say is carbohydrates because they turn instantly to sugar. So, right. Like he said, like I eat the healthy sugars like potatoes. That's not a healthy sugar. Like it's 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 pure carbs and it goes into your bloodstream as sugar and spikes your insulin real high. Like the key is if I were talk if I were gonna like train Roger, I would just say like if I was your trainer, I would tell you eat less than twenty grams of carbohydrates a day, which means you're gonna cut out all bread, all pasta, all rice, all potatoes all starch and you're not going to drink you're not going to drink any sugar you're not going to drink fruit juice you're not going to drink soda you're not going to drink energy drinks you know drink um drink stevia sweetened tea drink uh water drink uh you know even i'll tell you what's really good john if you've never had it if you like to drink soda but like you don't want to drink diet stuff with aspartame they make this soda called zevia and they have all the different flavors of soda, and it's got like four ingredients in it, and it's sweetened with stevia, and it tastes really good, like really good. And it won't spike your insulin at all, and it has no aspartame or artificial sweeteners. Um, 
but like that if like if you would just do that and eat plenty of fats and plenty of you know eat meat and plenty of fats if you followed that keto diet i'm telling you it's the best one and you can do it as a lifestyle it, it'll it'll trim you i'm telling you here is uh natalia did you guys ever notice when immigrants first come to United States? Well, I'm specifically talking about like Ukrainians because I'm like heavily in the Ukrainian community. But when Ukrainians first come to United States, they have this like thin look about them, like almost like they're like not like sickly, but their their cheeks are like sunken in. They're very thin. And then give them one year in America <laughs> and they like their cheeks puff out and they they just they just take on a. a healthier rounded glow <laughs> very true no i didn't i didn't notice that and even if i did i wouldn't have said it because i don't want to be killed i don't want to end up uh thrown off a pier in brighton beach here's <laughs> hi guys so last year um i fasted and i lost so much weight i refused to go and get an extra cake because i work with people who bake I just said no to pizza and I lost so, so much weight. And this year, it's a completely different thing. <laughs> um, so I agree, if you cut out sugar, don't have it, cut out all the fat, carbs, or I should say carbs, um, it really does help. You will lose weight without working out. And also, I worked with a doctor um, who said the main thing you need to work on is your eating and you will lose the weight. No question. Summer. Zevia is the best. They're the closest to come to like sodas. Oh, I agree totally. They taste good. They taste really good. Final thought, Ted. For me, I think um I think the thing is like, you know, it's not our opinion or anything. It's like it's all scientifically proven now. I mean, sugar is the killer around the world and especially in North America, it is the killer. It's in everything. That's why you have to be so careful because it's in everything. So, I mean, if you just, I think doing your best, I will say, here's my final thought. I was reading a book. I think this was in atomic habits by James clear. He made a great point about why people don't stick with disciplines and why other people do. He said, it's, it's not about uh, trying to stop something. It's about changing like the identity of like what you do and who you are. So like he said, they did a study on people that uh, were smokers. And he said the ones that always had the hard time uh, staying off smoking is like when someone would offer them a cigarette, they'd say they, they would say, no, I'm trying to quit. And that, that's the mindset. But he said the ones that were successful is the ones that changed their identities. Once when offered, they would say, no, I'm not a smoker. Wow. And that, that coincides with Bible teaching on confession. Yeah, because remember, we always harp on the thing, the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Hi, I'm Ted. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Like 30 years later, you're still a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, you've changed yourself. That's actually your identity. Yeah. And so, like, I would say, you know, uh, if you were changing like Roger, like if you wanted to change it, just be like, you know, you, you, you do that. Like you just become that person where you're just like, no, I don't eat desserts or like, no, I don't I don't eat carbs. Like, no, I'm trying to quit. It's like, it's a whole nother thing. It's like, you're making a lifestyle change. You know, that's the huge thing. Like you're making, even though, even if I'm not like on strict keto and there's times I do cheat badly, but like, you know, if you make that basic lifestyle change, like, I can't remember who said it where they were like, 
you know, I'm not necessarily on keto. I think it was Eric. He, he said, I'm not right. I'm not on keto, but I'm still doing very low carb. Like I just don't eat that stuff. You will do so much better if you do it as a lifestyle change. Well, so, uh, let everybody know where you are now and where, where they can find your podcast or whatever else you want to let people know about you. We're in Raleigh, North Carolina this week. Tense up. I'm here with my dad and all the details are on miracleword.com. Um, we have a podcast on every podcast outlet you could be on. Uh, miracle again, miracleword.com is where you can find absolutely everything you want to know about our ministry. That's that's uh, Ted Shuttlesworth. Follow him. It's worth following. I love you well, guys. Have a wonderful uh, summer day wherever you're at, and I'll be on tomorrow same time. Thanks for listening, Teddy. Great. I was only going to do an hour, but that was actually a lot of fun. Let me. Oh, I had one thing I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Okay. So, so for the time restricted eating or intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. if if I have coffee with just cream, that kicks me out of that, or it's it, it's okay because it's not enough calories. No. Th- so that there's a little bit of uh, discussion on that. The doctor, that guy, Doctor Berg, that I watch online, uh, he said if you have a little bit of cream in your coffee, for most people, you should be good. Um, but again, you can test yourself. You know, you can test yourself to see, but he said for, you know, there's such a low and you ha- it has, to, obviously it has to be like heavy cream, you know, like heavy mm-hmm. whipping cream, but there's such a low carb amount and everything in heavy cream that you, you should be good because the real key is to like, not get your insulin to spike between those hours on, sh- on like, yes, which is like sugar. So, but I'm saying like, I can have coffee during that time and it's okay. You could, anyone could have a black coffee or tea or anything like that throughout the whole time. It's just that you, when you add the cream, you just have to be careful because, you know, a little bit of cream is not going to kick you out of that fasting state. But I mean, if you're adding a ton of it or having multiples, then it will. Mm. So like if you did a coffee, like if you were going to wait, let's say you stopped eating at a certain time of night, like 10 o'clock, you know, and then 10 a.m. is 12 hours and then. You add, what do you, what do you want to add? Four more hours. So uh, you go to 2 p.m. So if you wake up in the morning and then you want to wait till 2 to have a meal, if you, if you drank like a big coffee in the middle of that to just kind of hold you over, which is what I do, you're good. Like, you should be fine. And again, stevia will, or monk fruit, neither of them will spike your insulin. So you're good with those. Well, I've just been doing no, none because I'm not, you know, there are certain lines. Again, if I was like 310 pounds and I, I was in an emergency or I, I was, I developed type 2 diabetes, then I would be serious about it. But I'm not carrying around like a bag of like monk fruit added to my own coffee. So I just, I just would rather. Well, you know, most that. places have it now. Like Starbucks has it. You know, well, you know what I'm saying? I, I hear you. I just had nothing intelligent to say. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you, too. Have a great night tonight. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. See you, everybody. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.